0: Welcome to Evolve. My name is Brandon Stover, and I believe that evolution of the world requires evolution of the individual. I believe entrepreneurs are consistently changing that world, and we always will be. So with this show, I will bring you the people and ideas with tools necessary to hack your growth in your business and your life. Together, let's ask the world's biggest question, build businesses to solve them, and live happy and fulfilling lives in the process. It's time to evolve. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Evolve. Today's guest is an entrepreneur, serial founder, growth marketer, futurist, and lifestyle engineer who has visited over 70 countries, kite-surfed with Richard Berenson, met presidents, skydived, ran with the bulls, partied on yachts, and motorcycled across jungles, and cultivated his mind by learning from the world's top performers, all in his early 20s. Starting his cultivation of being an entrepreneur amongst the times after the Soviet Union collapsed in Russia, And attending a university of young prodigies for entrepreneurship, he set out to find the best minds in the world to learn from. At 19, Tim Draper, investor in Tesla and Skype, saw his potential, invited him to his Startup UTV show at Draper University in Silicon Valley. Bitten by the startup bug and enamored by technology, he has set out building exponential tech to eradicate suffering and increase the quality of life for 1 billion people. Building several businesses and working with brands such as National Geographic, the Flow Genome Project, and nine times best-selling author Stephen Kotler, he has been noted to have a lack of fear and a sheer perseverance and insane ability to take a break, um, to take a goal and break it down and execute. Being a self-proclaimed personal development junkie, he's also created a community of life hackers, professional athletes, and entrepreneurs who are change-makers in and of themselves, who take a methodical and data-driven approach to engineering happiness and greatness. I'm honored to welcome the founder of Prometheus Agency and Lifestyle Engineering, a man whose first startup idea was a shower head that instantly gave you the temperature you want, Renat Gabatov. Hey, everyone! super excited to be here. Uh, this introduction is really hard to talk. You essentially just told my whole story. <laughs> yeah well we're going to dive a little bit more into it, and I actually want to start with um when you were younger and you were seeing your dad as an entrepreneur and you were traveling a bunch of countries, how did that really shape your perspective on life? That is a good question um honestly uh, if if to jump deeper uh, straight up,
1: I feel like I feel like I didn't see my dad as much as I wanted to um, and mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, my dad was away all the time, uh, like a, in the office, and I was home, kind of hanging out, you know, with my mom and with my sister. And uh, the the way the way that influenced me, I, I remember. So um, you already mentioned I, I've been to close to 70 countries, and that's because mm-hmm. oh, my parents love traveling so much. Um, and, but when we travel with my parents, I remember my dad. I literally drew on paper as a kid. My dad with a phone glued to his ear. Um, <laughs> oh wow. And um, I guess, I guess, I guess, I wanted to, I, I wanted to be like significant. I wanted to have mm-hmm. space. Um, and the way, the way it shaped me is, hey, I need to do, I, I, I need to do like uh, f- things with my life that are cool, exciting. And it comes with very good motivational, ambitious sides of my personality, and also had a lot of shadow sides that I had to go come Through my journey, uh, the, I guess I guess that's one of the uh, one of the aspects.
0: The other thing is, is uh, during your accelerator with Tim Draper, you were working on an outsourcing app, and then was doing um, arbitrage from China with vape equipment, um, working in crowdfunding, and now marketing. And so, what has been your sort of mindset through this evolution um, of your work? Yeah, man. So, so my uh,
1: my personal journey uh, essentially revolves around understanding who I am as a person mm-hmm. and I feel like uh, all of us were born into the world we're trying to deconstruct the, the way the world works we're trying to uh, see what makes us happy what type of life experiences we want to have and like my journey as a whole has been to to understand myself better see the mechanisms I have see the values I have and the only way I can do this is by constantly uh, testing my assumptions uh, and creating assumptions as well i think i love um for example kitesurfing and the only way for me to figure it out is to you know to to, to go and try action sports to try kitesurfing. to uh, to go right well so I, I did um especially like especially uh when i was a 19 uh 20 years old i tried so many things uh business wise uh, I, I, I flew i flew out to china all by myself to go to a remote village um knowing nobody, knowing, uh, not knowing the language and trying to find manufacturers for electronic cigarettes that I didn't even smoke. Um, but I saw the opportunity, you know, back back in the day was 2000, 2015 or 14, um, a law in Russia passed that you could no longer smoke indoors. So I thought, oh, that's a cool opportunistic moment for me to step in and maybe uh, maybe introduce like a product that could help, uh, help people um, Transition from like smoking cigarettes uh, to to smoking vapes that are slightly better. Uh, that was that was right. at least the idea. And honestly, only with the idea, I just thought, okay, how can we make it happen? Um, got uh, got some sales of before beforehand, um, before even having anything, no product, like no website, just uh, cold calling people. Just honestly, honestly, my journey has been um, making some assumptions. I think I can do it then testing the assumptions just hitting the phone in that example and then going and executing going to china uh, and you know trying to find manufacturers for whatever it is uh, and and constantly like iterating but big picture big picture i just i just wanted to figure out who i am of what drives Mm -hmm. me and honestly like kind of pursuing uh pursuing
0: that big question uh, that that's been in the core of me yeah. I think that's important for people to take, you know, what they're interested in, even if it's just a little bit and see if they can start cultivating that and see if that actually turns into a passion and then chase that if that's what you find.
1: No, absolutely. I feel like, I feel like it's, it's pointless to be constantly, um, constantly thinking on what you might be or, you know, planning. Right. Because if you never tested, uh, in, in the real market, if you never do stuff, uh, we put things in the world and see, see how you respond to it, see how other people respond to it. Then, uh, then it's like, uh, it's like having no inputs. It's, yeah, it just, it just fantasizing, which is, which is cool as well. Uh, but you are spot on.
0: Yeah. And I think, uh, something that you've been doing is sort of, um, building yourself a, a skill set, um, for being an entrepreneur. And like by doing these different things, you've been, um, expanding your wheel wheelhouse of your skill set. Um, And I see this as like, you doing this before you starting into a like, large startup going towards tech, um, because I know you're very much into tech and um, using that exponentially for the future. Um, But you seem to be building your skill set before that. And so you think that's the best path to take to before like jumping right into a startup? Uh, that's a great question and
1: honestly man um, I wish I wish there was like one answer um, and as I said like to me to me I think that it's all about knowing yourself and knowing the type of person you are knowing what works for you uh, and that was that was one of the big learnings I had in 2019 um, I don't think that there is a way of like hey just start a startup right away you know, without having uh, a competitive expertise or just right. first go work for somebody else learn a skill and then start a startup uh, I've, I've done I've done kind of both and both have been really, really valuable to me. Uh, but this, you know, my story is um, I, was, um, I was in San Francisco. It was 2016. Um, I just got, uh, got off like Necker Island where we're, uh, <laughs> where we're hanging out with incredible entrepreneurs and, uh, you know, kite serving, having deep connections. Um, I was fundraising for, for a startup that was going to uh, use artificial intelligence in the educational space and then, and then fast forward the months and a half, I, I find myself without funding, you know, living in the most expensive city or one of the most expensive cities in the world. Um, you know, co-founder kind of quit and, and me being stuck there with this idea without an ability or knowledge on how to execute it. Um, you know, really being like low on cash and, uh, and, and, I, you know, nobody even wanted to hire me. Like, uh, so I, I came from a perspective, Hey, I can, I can conquer the world. I can do anything, uh, anything I set my mind to, to like, Hey, nobody wanted to hire me. Nobody wanted to work with me. <laughs> um, and you know, just, just being in that situation. Um, and from there, that was so profound and so powerful. That was like um, a pretty big realization for me when I was at this low, uh, after being at a, such a high point, um, I realized that having um, having knowledge and expertise is one of the most important things I can do as a human being because mm-hmm. that's one thing that nobody will ever be able to take away from me um, in no matter no matter where I end up, uh, which country I end up or what I end up doing like all I up, with my expertise, I am confident that tomorrow I will be able to uh, make a bunch of money, have the lifestyle, meet anybody I want in the world and, and make the type of impact I want. Strip me off everything but my knowledge and my mindset. Um, I'll, be able, I'll be able to do great things and still be advancing on my mission. So if I'm up at 60, I feel like, at least I feel like, I would be, um, I'd be able to figure things out. And to me, uh, that one thing Allowed me to be so confident and take more risks uh, with my businesses so that so that I could explore and be, uh, be a little a little wild in terms of like my imagination, the type of stuff I can try out. Uh, so uh, there is no answer, uh, in my in my opinion, whatever works for you. But to me, having having a marketable expertise was a game changer
0: in terms of how I look at businesses, the type of risks I take, and the type of uh, how I look at the world in general. Yeah, I think uh, skill acquisition and, you know, really investing in yourself first, building yourself up, you know, getting as much knowledge as you can and having those be transferable skills so that, yeah, if something does go wrong in your business, if you get dropped into a city you've never been in, you know, whatever it is, and you do that a lot, you're traveling a bunch, you're doing different business ventures. So you're able to take that skill and expertise to other areas. And I think that's important for people to do if they want to, you know, keep evolving themselves throughout their life. Exactly. Part of your mission is to build and distribute exponential technologies to increase the quality of life for 1 billion people. And so I want to know why you feel that technology is so fundamental for advancing our species. Mm, such a great question. Uh, I'll take a step back. Uh, Brendan knows quite a bit
1: about me from, uh, from a document I put together about a year and a half ago. It's called, uh, it's pretty much my uh, 10 year life manifesto. Um, it's, it, it's a place where I describe uh, describe in nine areas of my life how I want it to look like. Anywhere from mission to body, friends, and intimate relationships, the uh, type of impact that I want to make in the world. And uh, there I really go deep into, uh, into painting a picture for myself that the emotions I want to experience, uh, the type of results I want to accomplish, the, the intentions I have, Behind everything, um, and one of the one of the impacts I want to make in the world, or one of my fundamental life's mission, is to advance humanity with exponentially accelerating technologies. Uh, the reason I think technology is so profound goes back to the concept of leverage. Um, essentially, um, essentially leverage is how much output can you get for the input. Uh, for, for the for the unit of your input, so if I spend an hour building technology, but that technology can be infinitely scalable. Um, say I write an article hypothetically uh, I, I, I write an article and a million people can read it this is this is a beautiful this is a beautiful way to distribute an idea, and uh, the more leverage we can have in the world, the more uh, the more output we can have, the more the more things that we can uh, create for people um, to improve their quality of life, their happiness, their fulfillment level. So, and that goes back to an idea of eradicating suffering um, in, in the world. I guess in order to achieve happiness, if that is the, uh, yeah. the ultimate goal or one of the, one of the big goals uh, that humans as species have uh, on the individual level, then there are things that prevent us from being happy. That is being healthy, uh, that is, uh, that is having some sort of belonging or social, uh, social community around you, um, or um, or having financial abundance, whatever it is. So, uh, eradicating suffering is making people's lives a little bit easier, and that can be done with technology. Like when refrigerators were were created, uh, food could be conserved for longer. Uh, there was a lot. Uh, there were a lot fewer diseases around. It's just like this piece of technology itself revolutionized uh, the world. People uh, people could work for longer in hot climates. Uh, it, it just changed the way we as species operate, and that's what I attempt to do as well. I want to create technologies on top of which we can uh, we can essentially build the world infrastructure, uh, the world infrastructure. Mm-hmm to to be able to feel great to be healthier to be happier uh, to be more fulfilled and to have more social
0: belonging yeah yeah and one of the businesses that you have now that um, begins to start touching on this and creating that quality of life that you want that's going to give you that those happiness and goals that you want to reach is lifestyle engine engineers Um, and so how have you been using this to help other people strive in order to do that uh, so lifestyle engineering um, itself, it's its a little personal development community slash
1: mastermind where we uh, are united by one, uh, one, um, uh, one way of thinking, I guess, and this is the engineering way of thinking. So I asked myself, like, how can you, how can we learn from the world's best organizational systems and apply them in the context of our lives? And I realized that engineering engineering is about creating the most Complicated things that, uh, that we as humans have ever invented, from spaceships to, uh, to power plants. It's, it's, it's essentially a very complicated in terms of what you can do, but the process itself is, is relatively simple. So engineering systems oftentimes have uh, primarily three stages. Uh, that, is, that is analyze, design, and implement. So in the context of life, it looks the following way. Um, analysis is what do you want to get from life? It's just asking the big questions. What do I think I want? Uh, what type of person am I? What makes me fulfilled? Uh, th- 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 those type of things. So this is analyzing myself. Who am I? What's that? What, what do I want? And then based on those assumptions that, and those can be only assumptions in, in the beginning before you test them. Um, then right. they go into into design. This is lifestyle design. This is where you map out, uh, map out your ideal lifestyle, um, the ideal workplace, or if you want to be entrepreneurial, country or a relationship, whatever it is. But writing goals down is is pretty easy, and by itself, it's not going to give you the results that you want. Uh, so it goes into the third stage, which is implement. So analyze, design, and implement. So it's putting the work, uh, putting uh, that design into, into work. And and really really working everything according to plan until you collect more information, with which you can um, with which you can analyze what happened. Oh, I thought I liked writing, and then I tried writing, and it sucked. You know, I'm not the right. <laughs> you know, so yeah. after you implement, you get to reflect on it again, analyze again. Uh, of okay, who am I? Again? Like, what do I like? And then you mm-hmm. you tweak your you tweak your lifestyle design. The design itself, um, and and you keep iterating, uh, like like in startups, like in, in engineering systems, and this way, in one lifetime, you get to first of all experience so much because you create assumptions, uh, you create plans, you execute on the plans, and then you change your assumptions. Um, so uh, this is this is a
0: very like scientific and engineering minded, I guess, approach to it. Right. Yeah, really starting with a hypothesis of this is what I think I want in my life, and what's going to bring me passion, what's going to bring me happiness, and then putting it to the test. And if it doesn't work out, okay, then we try something else. We make a new hypothesis and take the same method. Exactly,
1: man. And um, I wish more people saw saw the the usefulness of always putting things uh, to test. I feel like a lot of human beings, they're, they're living their childhood dreams and realizing slowly that, Hey, I actually didn't want to do what I'm doing. I actually don't care mm-hmm. about being a, like a business owner um, or I do not like accounting or whatever it is. Uh, but um, yeah, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people, what I've seen uh, do, they uh, in in college or in high school, they, they get to make that one decision in terms of what they want from life. And then they stick with it because that, uh, that starts becoming their personality. So mm. be skeptical about, um, about what you think you want is a powerful tool. And I definitely encourage lots of people to try it out.
0: Yeah. So, in this the three step phase of analyze, design, and then implement, where do you see people falter the most, and how do they overcome that? Honestly, execution and um, and uh,
1: the analysis, and mainly analysis. So, imagine imagine this: um, most people plan their lives. In the beginning of the year, it's January first. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go to the gym. Let's do yoga. Let's meditate. Let's do all of that stuff. They they create the goals list, usually like a checklist of things, um, and then something happens. Something happens, uh, and slowly in the months, they're no longer practicing ha- those habits or progressing towards those goals. So, um, in the implementation part something stagnated, it's hard for them to start implementing their design to me right. that's a great point to pause and reflect to think again analyze like think about think about okay why am I not doing what I set myself to do like how can i make it easier what's holding me back um, so just pausing and reflecting on uh, on what's not working in the implementation, so you can adjust your your lifestyle design or your plan or the execution mm-hmm. plan, whatever you call it. Um, You'd be able to crank that machine up until you find something that works for you. Uh, so analysis and and implementation. A lot of people, a lot of people just do not follow their dreams, do not um, do not do stuff, and not to blame them, I believe that inaction comes from fear and um, fear is a really hard thing to confront um, but being brave enough and saying I will figure it out or I will try to figure it out and like standing up for for what you want uh, and showing up as the, your higher self um, again is, yeah, is a thing so I feel, like, I feel like fear is in the core of people's inaction or a reluctance to uh, to implement uh, different solutions, but also also analysis is, hey, if something didn't work, figure this out. Like, listen, listen to the data.
0: It's coming in every single second, every single minute. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I love about you is that 40-page uh, manifesto document mm-hmm. that um, you have because you're doing this at a large scale for your life and sort of basically having that being a living, breathing document that you come back and you change as you learn new things and you also have an open source letting other people you know change it um and one of the things i love about it is you're sort of recording your principles and it reminds me of principles by ray dahlia where he's recording his life and what he thinks and believes and ways that he can move through his life um so tell me why this is important for people to do and how you went about that process that that's a great question. Uh, love Ray Dalio's principles.
1: It's one of the big influences in my life. Um, I'll, I'll mention the open sourcing part uh, a little bit. So uh, the document uh, the document that uh, we talked about it's it's a living, breathing document, forty pages long. Um, I as a as an engineer engineer mind or as a scientific mind, well, I know that I have biases. I know that mm-hmm. my uh, my testing mechanism is, is not 100% accurate, meaning that what I believe or what I think I am is probably different from reality. Um, so in order to account for this, I wanted to have my friends and people who do not know me share their perspective, their point of view, based on what they know about me or what they think they know about me. How How can things be changed? Where are my blind spots? What are the inconsistencies in between what I say I am or I want and how I show up in the world? Um, so that is an important part. And also uh, the, the reason open sourcing is so cool is people who are far, far ahead from me, um, decades in terms of life experience, they get to say, hey, I used to think the same way um, and here's mm. here's the problem with this way of thinking that I faced. So that's the open sourcing part. Um, one part is, is is the reality check, and um, and the other part is inspiring like minded people to plan their lives in the same way. So another another thing to mention about having a document like this uh, is 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 beautiful because when we write things down, we get to we we get to reflect. Um, on our beliefs. First we get to reform our beliefs on paper uh, and we get to reflect on them. So when I walk around uh, the world, my thoughts constantly change, my perspectives also change, but the observation of change um, is is so subtle um, or non-existent. Uh, imagine, imagine I have one belief and then I have Another belief, and that transition from belief A to to to, transi- uh, to to the belief B, I need to go through a certain journey, through a certain reflection process. If I don't write right. things down, what happens is, oh, I just have a belief B, but I don't remember about belief A. In order mm-hmm. for me to come to belief uh, B, I need to say, oh, here's what I thought I believed. I get to, I get to really think deeply in terms of what principles did I learn? What has changed in my life? uh, What information am I getting in that makes me uh, all of a sudden transition to belief B? Uh, And essentially first I get to, I get to form my beliefs. Then I get to test my beliefs. And third one, I get to strengthen my beliefs uh, because all of a sudden I cannot say, Oh, I believe to B. I I need to figure out how in the world I, I came to, I came to a different realization. Um, and this document in the year and a half, it, it has already evolved in so many ways uh, that it's been, it's been incredible. But uh, forming
0: beliefs and constantly putting them to test is, is super profound. Uh, yeah, I think, it, I think that's super powerful, not only for you, um, but for the other people that you're sharing it with. Because um, like you said, like when people come and they're light years ahead of you and they're thinking and they're like, I used to believe that too. And here's how I got to my belief you're getting to do that for other people as well. So when they come and read your document, they like, start to follow that journey a little bit. And now they don't have to maybe go through the same pain and suffering that you had to find that belief. They get to sort of skip that and be able to, you know, start at belief B a little faster than you did. Exactly. One of the things in there is, um, you know, this idea of collecting knowledge of collecting resources and really keeping your mind sharp. Um, and it was... In a super, you know, content saturated world, how do we curate the content that will best help, you know, the gardens of our minds to flourish with the life that we want? That, that's an incredible question. Um, and I, I,
1: feel, I feel like right now in the quote-unquote information age, we have more information that we can consume in thousands of lifetimes. So the question became, what questions do you want to ask? Uh, or what what questions do you want to find answers to, as opposed to what information uh, should I consume? So, um, I personally, uh, about two or three months ago, I deactivated my Instagram. I got off social media. I don't have any social media apps on my phone, um, and I realized that in order for me to to understand myself better, I need to hear the signal clearly. In order mm-hmm. to hear the signal clearly, I need to take away all of the distractions or all of the things that are pulling my attention in different ways. Uh, I, um, I rarely listen to podcasts. I even, I even deleted the audiobooks. app. I used to walk around everywhere I travel all the time listening to 10 different podcasts, many audiobooks, and constantly being in the information consumption mode. Uh, but then I realized that me as a human being, I'm I'm the machine that uh, that is creative and that can create much stronger links in the world when I'm selective about the data points, the inputs I put in my brain. Because if I put in a lot of data points in my head and try to figure it out, like in, in artificial intelligence, then if I have a very... Messy uh, quote unquote data set with too many points. Um, it's really hard to figure out to figure out the the learning or how it applies in my life. So uh, how how can people get access to the information? Right. Um, honestly, asking the right questions. Um, asking the right questions and instead of consuming information, thinking about how does that relate to what I already know. Um, and thinking about the uh, the first principles the the fundamentals of um, an answer i think I think if we learn uh, the mechanics of the world more or less, how it works, why the answer is x, not y um, and instead of getting that the the answer itself, if we think if we figure out the mechanism and ask the right questions to understand the mechanism, we will be powerful beyond measure because uh,
0: because we, we can problem solve like no one else. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's a, a wonderful answer. Um, I think it totally starts with the questions that you ask. And um, I think Tony Robbins mentioned like the quality of the life that you want to create is based on the quality of the questions that you're asking. And s- starting with you um, and, you know, designing, analyzing, designing and implementing that that life cycle of, the, the life that you want and starting with that analysis part and really asking yourself deep, like, what is it that I want in my life? Um, what questions do I want to uh, ask? And then you can go to the, the finding the information and really curating that content. Exactly.
1: I honestly think that, uh, that information is abundant in, in many ways. And it's, it's all about, it's all about knowing uh, what you want and why you want it. If you answer Mm -hmm. those two,
0: the how becomes easy. Yeah, absolutely. So another thing that is pretty important to you is um, creating peak performance for your body. And um, you work with a lot of peak performance brands um, in your marketing agency. So what is it about optimizing the body that helps you in your mission? Mm. Uh, Also, also great question. Um, A little bit about,
1: a little bit about, um, performance brands or, or human beings uh, what my what my marketing agency does is uh, we work with companies and, and brands that help humans achieve the absolute uh, peak state of their performance uh, mainly through through uh, flow states through um, through your biophysiology and uh, through newer sites the the idea is i guess outside of, outside of body how can we feel the best perform the best and uh, be be in the state when uh, when essentially everything dissolves also uh, mm-hmm. also called like the the flow state uh, one of the ways to do it is is eliminating friction so friction is that enemy that pulls you all the different directions it's it's walking around having having too many questions in mind, too many uh, things, for example, me as a nomad uh, i 'll be very specific me as a nomad, um, I have a lot of friction in my life when I come to a new location. I need to figure out where I'm going to work, where I'm going to sleep, where I'm going to eat, uh, where I'm going to work out, who i'm going to um, who I'm going to talk to, like all of those things they're subconsciously they're subconsciously taking my mental energy, and they're um, because they're variables; they can change, and the more they change, they're, they're just consuming, consuming me when I travel. That's why I don't like actually traveling as much um, because mm-hmm. there are too many variables. So the the way I look at it is, it is friction, something that um, that prevents me from being in the flow state when I can focus on the things I actually care about, um, and. Um, so eliminating friction is about turning those variables into constants. Uh, I'm in Barcelona right now. I came here about ten days ago, and in day one, I I made things uh, very simple. I uh, got this uh, co-working space. I had the accommodation for the next months. I um, had I had a, I had a, a, a uh, delivery service for food. I figured all of it out so that uh, my life in Barcelona is no different than my life in Moscow or in Bali or mm-hmm. in San Francisco. Um, so that that helped me. That helped me big time. Um, so uh, friction is also um, is also a way to look at uh, to look at habit formation or the execution part uh, from the perspective of um, there. There's this idea that we cannot really change our behaviors all that much with motivation but what we can do is we can change our environments so that taking the necessary action is easier or seamless uh, here's an example um, I want to work out more um, if I if I have a gym that's 20 minutes away that every time I need to I need I, I want to go to the gym i have this friction this 20 minute period of time when i feel like i'm not productive it's like it's like my enemy and i need to be going you know i need to go through this step in order to do what is good for my body is good for myself so instead right now uh, my gym uh, at the, the place where i work is literally about 50 meters uh, from this point and mm. um, i eradicate the friction from travel and this way i get to work out way more and i every time every time i pass by my court, i'm like okay i need to, uh, yeah I probably, I probably need to go for a workout so um reaching peak performance and reaching flow states is about engineering the environment
0: around you so that you do not need motivation uh in order to in order to take the desired action and in cultivation of that environment, um, you brought up uh, like relationships and the people that are around you. And that this is a huge part of your life. Obviously, you started um, in entrepreneurship looking for other like-minded people, people that could influence you. And then with lifestyle engineering, like you created this community of people. So why is it so important to um, have you know these positive influences on us? And how do we go about finding those people? uh that that's also a phenomenal question, man.
1: you know how to ask good questions um to to me to me um, we' are all social creatures uh, we're all social creatures, and um uh, my my challenge was uh my challenge was when I was um 14, 15 years old. Um, I got onto the path of personal development. I got these big ambitions I remember when I was a kid i I had this little printout in my, in my closet door, uh, it said, uh, make a billion dollars. Um, it, uh, I was, uh, I was really young, just started somewhere, <laughs> uh, climb Mount Everest, uh, run a marathon, build a house or something like that. Mm. Um, so that, that was really interesting. And I, I just started my personal, personal development journey. I just started getting those like big ambitions. And, um, and the challenge I had was when I shared those ambitions with other people, I didn't get any resonance it's like oh cool or or it's like you are not allowed to think that way, not not directly that people would say, but uh um, the the context or the emotional charge would be something like that um, and back back then i I really told myself that one day I will find people who are like me who share my ambitions and who want bigger for their lives and for their lives of people around them, or humanity as a whole. Uh, so I, I said, I said, uh, I set out on a journey to, to find, uh, find people I could learn from and people who share similar principles, similar beliefs, similar values uh, like me and being in Russia, that was, that was uh, a, tough, a tough job. So I thought, okay, where are the most successful entrepreneurs in the world? Uh, United States. So, okay. <laughs> I, um, I applied applied to school in the United States and went to college in the states, um, and then and then through through this trial and error and never settling for uh, for people who I, I call them situational um, relationships. Uh, for example, I go to college, people are my classmates, I make friends with them because we're in the same environment, in the same position, and it's a cool bonding. It's a cool bonding. Uh, tool uh, having similar context, uh, but the way I prefer to connect with people based on similar life philosophies and values. Uh, so in in college, I went to University of Richmond. Um, it's a liberal uh, liberal arts college in, in Virginia, really small school. Uh, so and I, I couldn't really I couldn't really connect uh, as much. So I, I moved to Los Angeles. And, Went to a bigger mm-hmm. school um, and started looking again for for those entrepreneurs people I could learn from um, and eventually through changing environments so many times I was able to I was able to find folks who are like me um, and um, I, I ended up meeting uh, meeting with probably at least 10 billionaires of learning from them uh, <laughs> in one way or another always being hungry always always really. Uh, putting putting like good intention and what I want because I know why I want it always putting it to work Uh, always always working at it Uh, so in terms of in terms of social connections in terms of uh, my community um, lifestyle engineering I feel like I feel like this this is so profound to me because I finally have people who I admire so much so and who uh, who challenge me in every Area of life. We have professional athletes in the community. We have uh, people like Chase who have four or five uh, genius records, uh, <laughs> world records. Uh, people who are very successful entrepreneurs. And being around them, uh, I know that um, I'd like to step up my game. Um, and I also feel very, um, very comfortable sharing, sharing. The perspective from which I come from, meaning that um, everything comes with its challenges Um, and being able to share the context of your life vulnerably and deeply uh, with people who understand you, who can support you um, is so profound because once once you have uh, that accountability and support network, uh, you feel uh, you feel like, oh, it's not me trying to be an entrepreneur and struggling, you know, to make a buck. It's like it's actually all entrepreneurs in the beginning of their journeys. They all go through the same journey. They all feel also shitty when, you know, when something goes wrong, when people, when employees beat on them, where clients do not want to pay, pay money uh, or whatever, <laughs> whatever problems that you're experiencing. If you're feeling low or depressed or whatever, uh, people, who have gone through this and who who say, "Hey, we not." I feel you. I've had exactly the same thing. Here's what I tried, or or just just even being able to listen or share uh, share this stuff uh, is is profound. So to me, um, I can attribute a lot of my successes to honestly to that uh, that little tribe or community I've created of of people who
0: share my values. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a. Powerful, and I think that's a lot of times where uh, um, Entrepreneurs when they're first starting off they falter um, Because they think that they're all alone in these struggles and so they kind of shelter themselves and never get past those because they don't realize A ton of other people have gone through this and actually if you reach out for support like they're gonna help you along the way Absolutely, absolutely Um, the emotion is
1: so important and uh, and that's that's actually the the big the big thing that um i learned in my life i used to um um where where my manifesto changed slightly i thought technology is like the main tool to change the world and now i started thinking about it from from a different perspective after reflecting on it a little bit um in order to create technology and to create um a big scalable change, we want people to take certain actions or to act differently, right? And in order for them to start taking new actions, taking care of themselves, you know, helping others, whatever it is, uh, whatever actions you think are valuable, we need to get them to think differently where they can think about taking actions. In order to make people Mm -hmm. think differently, we we need to help people change their beliefs around something. But in order to change people's beliefs, we need to make people feel uh, so. And uh, I realized that the the core, like one of the centers around making the impact I want to make, is actually not as much about technology, or technology is a great great tool to do it. But it's also about it's also about creating the emotions in people where they change their beliefs change their thinking, and change their actions. Uh, people are emotional decision makers. Um, again, right. even even if you think about, um, like, the goal of life is happiness, hypothetically. Um, if that is a thing, then the goal of life is an emotion. And if we're optimizing for emotion in our lives, then this is, uh, then. Then it's it's about not the outcome. It's not about making a billion dollar, which is just a number. It's about living consistently, having having the emotion. So I've been I've been thinking about how that all comes together and how um, how a bigger change in the world I can make can be from um, changing, helping people change their beliefs uh, and think in new positive ways through through, uh, through emotional storytelling
0: yeah yeah that's a powerful um one of the places that you have to start with is with yourself and changing your own beliefs um and when you we're engineering our lives how do we be radically transparent and honest with our own selves so that we can really confront you know who we are and who we want to be i think it's uh, to, to me to me it's about being brave
1: um it's hard to say hey um i actually suck at x y z or I am, um, you know, I have confronting, confronting who I am um, instead of saying, oh, everything is fine. You know, I'm a fine human being, you know, I'm perfect or whatever. Or not even thinking about it because it's scary. But saying, hey, I can be a better communicator. Or I, I, wish, um, I wish I could go much deeper with people in conversations. I feel like I'm a shallow conversationalist. Being able to mm-hmm. think about it, and accept it, and it's not an easy thing to accept, um, so that you can improve. I think that the first, the first step in in personal, um, in in personal growth is is accepting where you are at. Uh, once you identify, I guess, uh, accepting where you are at, um, or confronting where you are at, and saying, "Hey, um, I'm here. I don't want to be here. How can I grow? How can I improve?" So. Um, so honestly, honestly, feeling brave enough to to reflect and say, "Hey, I can," I you know, I have many areas of my life that can improve, um, and uh, yeah, brave, being brave. Uh, honestly, uh, just thinking that you can do more, thinking that you can do better, uh, just just you know, believing that, and then uh, taking actions that will. Show you that this is actually this is actually true. Just taking my mm. taking the small decisions, slowly building up your confidence, uh, slowly building up your self esteem, so that um, so that, that you're brave and you can go for the things that you want from life. So that 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 will be probably my my perspective. And it's really hard to do. And the the, the biggest thing is your mind will always be messing with you always be fucking with you in one way or another it's like hey Renat, not maybe you know you don't you don't care about it or it's like you're good enough or um mine is incredible at coming up with excuses and we're the easiest people to fool so hmm. um so being able to confront your fears and being brave
0: honestly is probably one of the one of the first steps or one of the biggest one of the biggest places to start yeah. And you brought up earlier um, that being one of the hardest things is people overcoming that fear. And I was actually going through your um, your hundred plus bucket list. And on there, one of the things is um, overcoming a couple of fears that you have. And you had crossed off, you overcame the fear of heights, but had not crossed off the overcoming the fear of death. And I'm curious of why you fear death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Fear of height was, was uh, a slightly easier
1: one to confront um i i guess a lot of people fear fear dying from you know falling from a high place uh, but I, I went to i want to skydiving places i i just actually crossed off uh cliff jumping and i probably jumped from around 20 meters um, a 20 meter cliff which was really really cool um recently but the the fear of death is is really is a really tough one um why haven't I overcome it? I, I've put myself in situations where I need to reflect on life, and being confronted with death. I ran with the bulls in Pamplona. There's this uh, this, mm-hmm. this annual festival where, on the narrow streets of of Spain, you run run in front of twelve bulls and you guide them to an arena. Uh, so I did that uh, a couple of years ago, and I knew how dangerous it was, so that it got me to to sit down with myself and and ask why would I do this and uh, would it be oh, worth it um, so I do I, I do like push um, push my boundaries a little bit and place myself in situations where um, where I can overcome uh, certain things I wasn't able to overcome death I guess uh, to to be to be completely honest, is most likely, uh, mo- most likely because it just it's just a scary thought and idea that there's an end to everything, to my life, to uh, this planet, to this galaxy, to to the universe, and everything is finite. It all depends on the scale of things. Um, I guess, I guess accepting that is, is really important to overcome the fear of it. Um, um, Yeah, I I would have, I would, I would have like a harder time, (laughs) harder time answering why I haven't been able to do that. Uh, But man, it's, it's, it's not about even like reaching, reaching that place. It's striving to, striving to get those things that, that, you want from life, but well, to me, it's the journey of being brave enough to try, uh, and try confront the fear of death. Uh, the, the funny thing is, the, the brand I'm building right now is called "Devasamuriv," which is in Spanish. It, it means uh, it means you're going to die. And one of our uh, one of our brand missions is to uh, to to help people awaken themselves and realize that they might as well start living. Uh, they, they mm. as well started asking questions okay like how can i get more more life uh, out of out of my existence so uh, there are a lot of there are a lot of connection to uh to the topic of mortality
0: and death in my life and and i, I wish i wish i had a solid answer man no i think that's good because um I think it plays a lot into how you live your life and this idea of engineering it because there, there is an end eventually. And so if you are not, you know, living it to the fullest every single day, going after what you want, trying to ask those bigger questions, um, I think people then really do fear death because they haven't, haven't lived their life to the fullest. Totally. And at um, what we talked about is,
1: um, it's such a taboo topic. To talk about that, Mm -hmm. Um, I cannot come to a stranger and to say, "How are you dealing with the fact that you are going to die?" Or like, what do you you want to do until until when you die? Or how do you want to feel at your deathbed? Uh, Those are Mm -hmm. those are not those are not easy, simple questions. Those are uh, those are taboo, and the reason they're taboos because there's so much fear and resistance from from society from people. Uh, that comes. And I wish more people were to sit down and to reflect on it uh, because once you start making progress um, towards accepting that everything is finite, everything stops somewhere, then then you start... Uh, th- there's, just, there's just this incredible, um, I guess, feeling of relief and also feeling of, hey, I cannot possibly... Postpone my life to a decade, a year, or whenever. Uh, uh, whenever I have to, I have to live today. I have to live now, and I have to really, really start taking actions towards towards my dream life. Because if you're not doing it right now, the odds are you're not doing it tomorrow, a week from now, a year from now, a decade from now. Um, there, there's this, uh, there's this uh, beautiful. "Quote uh, uh, that says um, how we spend our days is how we spend our lives."
0: That's powerful. Well, before we get to our last question, um, where can everybody find you and what you're doing, uh, totally So probably the best way uh, to to find
1: to find what I'm doing is uh, through LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Renat Gabidov, it's uh, so a guy with a uh, with a. Like uh, cosmonaut emoji, it's pretty easy. to are <laughs> <the> not cosmonaut. <laughs> That's what they call me. Um, and there you'll see links to my life manifesto. Um, you you can learn a little bit more about the uh, the agency that I have in the peak performance space and how we help people reach the the peak uh, peak of human capabilities. Um, and you can learn about my a little community that is called lifestyle engineering or you can go to lifestyle.engineering so uh, most of the uh, most of the things uh, can be found on linkedin including my contact information and i would really really encourage you if any um, any of the messages that that we talked about during this podcast resonated with you to go through the manifesto and see see if you share any of uh, similar beliefs or if you would like to create a similar document, because uh, to me, I feel like decades from now, looking back in my life, this, this was probably one of the most important tools um,
0: that I've had that helped me understand myself and grow towards, uh, towards the place where I want to be. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, it was a powerful document to read through, so I highly recommend it. Um, so my last question is, how can we push the world to evolve? Mm. start with yourself
1: yeah. I think um, I, th- I think we, we see in the world what we project into the world so if we start showing up as more evolved human beings um, then we can expect the world to see some truth in us and start getting on a similar on a similar vibration, similar vibe, uh, on similar beliefs, Um, but that's showing up authentically as your truest self in the world without bullshit, um, confronting fear um, first. And I believe this is is the most profound thing that you can do. Uh, Yeah, evolving yourself, and the world will evolve as a result. If everybody starts implementing this,
0: then there will be no humans left in the world who do not evolve yeah i resonate with that message so much because that's exactly what this show is all about that's exactly what i am all about and the things that i do so Renat, thank you so much for coming on the show it was an excellent chat and i'm glad that you were here thank you so much love this conversation man hey you yes you i want to thank you so much for listening if this content is delivering value to you then please open up your podcast app rate and review. That's really going to help get this life-changing content out to more entrepreneurs just like you who are pushing the world forward. As always, my friend, keep evolving.